It's likely that you're one of the 300 million Amazon shoppers out there. There's about 30 million people each month that shop just from their Amazon app on their phone, which equals about 44% of the entire shopping that goes on on the web. Please think about supporting the Hunt Harvest Health podcast by going to huntharvesthealth.com slash products and buying our suggested products through Amazon. Just recently, I've been working with a patient from Missouri who came to me initially because he was losing vision in his eyes. He had been diagnosed with high cholesterol, and they basically had just given him a medication and told him, oh, you need to eat better and do some exercise and send him home. This wasn't enough, and he felt that he needed more instruction, and he felt that there were some deeper things that needed to be worked on, so he contacted me. Over the last year, we have worked with his labs through supplementation, strategic nutrition, stress reduction, and lifestyle, and we have seen a marked decrease in his numbers. In the last year, his labs have dramatically changed, and what was once a high cardiac risk is now moderate. And I know that within one year, all his numbers will likely be normal, and he will be a low cardiac risk. Whether or not his vision completely returns, we have improved his quality of life and changed the way in which he sees his body. You have control. You have so much more power than you think you do. And if you want more help, if you want more guidance, if you need to work with somebody who's going to listen and maybe even just look at your labs in a different way to help improve your health, feel free to contact us. If you go to huntharvesthealth.com under See the Doc, you can learn more about working with me via Skype or in office and the services that we can offer. It's my mission in life to spread the word of naturopathic medicine and to help us all return to the knowledge that we have the control and that we have the choice to make better decisions for our lives and for the generations yet to come. folks and welcome back to the Hunt Harvest Health podcast. This is Dr. Hillary and I am here doing a food Friday by myself tonight. Ryan has been diligently working since we got back from the Oregon train to hunt last weekend and I know that I probably sound not like myself. Uh, I have every year I have what I consider my kryptonite and that is seeding grass. We live out in a rural area, and we literally have a hay field behind us and a large farm across the street from us and a half acre that is covered with grass seed right now. And so it literally can put me down like a bad cold. And it pretty much happens every year in June. It's just how it is, which is unfortunate for me because it's really hard for me to be outside working in the garden and doing the things I really love to do. So this week I've spent a lot of time inside, even though it's been beautiful outside. I've spent a lot of time inside with my entire house air filter on, HEPA air filter, and doing some work on the website and adding new recipes and putting on information about what I wanted to talk to tonight, which is wild foods. Um, For this 
podcast tonight, I thought we could kind of focus on two wild foods that we use pretty consistently in our life and then share a recipe on how I made, how I harvested uh, one of these right out of my yard and made a tea out of it. So let's first talk about nettle. Everybody knows nettle is pretty much as stinging nettles, and I think they're pretty, where we live in the Pacific Northwest, they're pretty ubiquitous everywhere. We have a large, couple large nettle patches that seem to grow up grow up every spring. Um, one in our woodpile area where Ryan cuts wood for the winter. And then back in where we used to have an old compost pile when we first moved into this house, and now it's like where we put, it's, I guess it's a compost pile, but we put all our grass back there and anything that we've dug up and we don't want in the in the yard anymore, we put it back there. And the nettles love it back there. So this time of year, we have just an amazing harvest of nettles uh, from those two places. And honestly, I've been... Well, we've been in this house 20 years almost, and, you know, there was a lot of years where um, we had a pretty, like, manicured yard when we first moved in. There was not a lot of plants. It was very barren, not even trees and stuff. And so over the years, we've planted a lot of things, especially in our backyard. And we've seen, as we've done that, we've done more kind of permaculturing our, our yard as we've seen the nettles kind of come and thrive in these areas. Now, you might be saying, I don't want a bunch of nettles in my yard, uh, especially if you have kids or animals or whatever, but nettles are actually super healthy and they're highly medicinal food. And they seem kind of scary to harvest, but if you do it properly, you can use nettles for all kinds of things, cooking, stir fries, uh, what I like to do with it. And I had made a recent video on my Instagram story, um, which I'll post on the website, is just me making a harvest of taking a harvest of nettles that I went and picked in the morning um, before work. And just me cleaning them, spreading them on dehydrator trays, and then putting them in, putting them in our Excalibur dehydrator, and dehydrating them for the full day um, while I was gone. And when I got back, I had perfectly dehydrated leaves, and I just crushed them up, and then we make nettle, nettle tea with that. And one of the good reasons for doing that is, especially like what what I've been dealing with this week is allergies. Is that nettles actually have a um, so many. Um, nutrients in them like iron, calcium, potassium, magnesium. Um, they're also known to have something in them called quercetin. And these are all good at boosting the immune system and kind of helping that allergic reaction. And <clears throat> so I've been drinking the tea a couple times a day. Honestly, I don't, I'm not quite sure how well it helps, but I would say that I'm drinking it because I don't really want to know what it would be like if I wasn't drinking it. So I've been doing the nettle tea, and um, the other thing that nettles are great for, eating them uh, and stuff, is that it's great for joint and joint and achy pains and joint pains in your body. Uh, some of the old traditional uh, arthritic um, treatments was they would use actual nettle, and you know. The stinger on the nettles is what creates a histamine reaction in your body. So if you've ever been stung by a nettle, you know that feeling. Your body releases histamine, it goes to the area, it swells, and it's kind of that burning, burning feeling. And what that can do is actually they used to use it on joints and they would like sting you with nettles in your knees and your elbows or your fingers or wherever, and you'd get this histamine reaction. 
And what it can do is it can help bring blood flow to the area. It can help bring immune cells to the area. And then in some cases, it, it stimulates that joint complex to kind of clean itself up and heal. So if you, in, if you internalize it, I wouldn't really recommend doing that treatment. It's not very comfortable and likelihood of, I have never done it and I've never practiced that, but um, I know there's old stories about that. But if you eat it, you're still going to get the benefits from that. You can also buy pills um, with nettle. You'll see a lot of herbal formulas that have nettle in it. And it's usually for immune system boosting as well as allergies, helping helping kids and adults with allergies with that histamine production. Um, another great thing that nettles are good for is improving hormonal status um, in both men and women because it decreases the sex hormone binding globulin. Um, I haven't really talked much about the sex hormone binding globulin here. We have, we did a podcast with the Greedy Bowman uh, that just recently came out, and we do talk about the sex hormone binding globulin in that podcast if you go um, listen to that one. And nettles, interestingly enough, helps to decrease it, which is good because if you have too much of the sex hormone binding globulin, it binds to testosterone and it makes it inactive. So the less sex hormone binding globulin you have, the more um, testosterone or estrogen you'll have. So it helps, it helps your hormones by doing that. Um, and the other thing that it's great for is like skin and hair, uh, and any kind of, any kind of other tissues in your body. So, um, the tissue and like your kidneys and your liver, um, uh, it's also known, I guess that hormonal piece of it is helps with reproductive issues, menopause, PMS, those kinds of things. So truthfully, it's just a highly nutritious food. It's got a lot of dense nutrition in it. And unfortunately, like most of these other plants that we're talking about, we consider them a weed and people just kill them. But if you harvest them and you eat them, you're going to just add so much more dense nutrition to your life. And the truth is you don't even have to grow it. If you live in areas where you have nettle, it just grows by itself and it's seasonal. It comes back same time every year and you can harvest it and, and eat it in that kind of seasonal um, time of year, which is also another powerful thing to do with nutrition. So here's the deal with nettle though. And this is like so much common sense is that you have to you have to harvest the nettle with gloves. Uh, there is a way to actually harvest them without gloves. It's like you pull the stem of the leaf a certain way. You, you, you pull the bristles back and you can grab it. But you have to be so good at like not hitting your hand on the leaf and all this stuff. So just wear gloves. And if you have high gloves or you have long sleeves, that's probably the best. And again, you know, maybe long pants. If you're in a nettle area, you know, you don't want to have nettle stings all over your legs. Not super comfortable unless you're maybe trying to help your arthritis. Um, but I just use gloves. I have my gardening gloves. That's what I use. They're a little thicker. But I've also used just like exam gloves from work because uh, I'll use those to spread them out on dehydrator trays and they seem to be fine. I've never been stung through them. Um, and then I, what I do is I collect the young buds. So you'll see as nettles get taller and taller, they they bolt and then their leaves become really big. But those leaves, as they get bigger, they kind, they kind of lose some of their nutrient value. So what you want to do is get them early in the spring. And if you do it right, you can kind of keep them growing and giving you a harvest for a couple months, actually. So you just, you just clip off the top buds and maybe the lower, the top leaves there, and then you harvest those. 
And uh, what I do then is I take them in and I wash them again with gloves on. And if I'm dehydrating it, I take my dehydrator trays and I spread them out on the dehydrator trays. And then, like I said, I dehydrate them. Um, the dehydration will kill the sting. So there's always this fear, like even when they're dehydrated, I've had this fear. Actually, what happened is my little one, I was pulling them out of the thing and she just walks over and she just grabs one right off the tray and sticks it in her mouth. And I was like, oh my gosh, um, the first time I ever did it. But she just started eating them like that. And I go, well, maybe I should try that. So I tried it and there's no sting. So any heat, um, dehydration or blanching, if you're going to put them in a, a food like a recipe or something, it, just even blanching them in hot water for a little bit, it gets rid of the sting. So make sure that you do that if you're going to eat them fresh. You need to blanch them or cook them in something. If you're going to dehydrate them for a tea, that sting will be gone once they're fully dehydrated. Um, and you can, some people say you can harvest the roots, but they're not as, and then steam them and eat them, but they're just not as good as the tops. I, do, I think they're pretty earthy and, um, I haven't done that, that yet. Maybe I'll try it. Um, so a few of the recipes that I've put on the website recently with nettle is, uh, we, I made some elk and nettle meatloaf muffins, which is really good. The recipes on, um, huntharvesthealth.com under recipes. Uh, we also did a, I did a sweet potatoes. So I roasted sweet potatoes with dandelion root and nettles and I baked them in the oven. So that recipe is on there as well under recipes. And that kind of brings us into the next food that I feel is such an amazing food and a great restorer of health is the dandelion. And who, you know, here's the biggest question, like, who does not have dandelions? You know, they're kind of like here, there, and everywhere is what I always say about dandelions. They seem to be in all four corners of this country, at least. And I don't know around the rest of the world, but dandelions are a pretty um, pervasive plant. Interestingly enough, in this country, you know, we, we kill them. We consider them a weed. We're always trying to get them out of our yards. We're spraying Roundup on them. And so, um, Unfortunately, dandelions have gotten this kind of bad rap, but you can tell when you're in the spring and you see the harvest, you know, you see the the plethora of dandelions in your yard and kind of their life cycle is, is that they are a very resilient plant. And why that's good for you in the health realm is that the resiliency of the dandelion, it, it kind of, it, it, um, it talks to what the plant is actually going to do for your body. So the dandelion is really well known as a cleanser. It's it's cleansing for the kidneys and it's cleansing for the liver. And these are both obviously two organs of detoxification and with the kidneys being an organ of elimination is, is that we want to keep these organs as healthy as possible. And the dandelion, the entire the entire plant of the dandelion has so many health benefits to help your kidneys, to help your liver. Um, it's a great diuretic. It helps, it helps, you know, kind of if you're, if you're too swollen or you're retaining water, it helps you to get rid of water. It helps you to pee. Um, and it's basically, you know, with the liver, it can help increase your bio, bio flow and, um, and you're also getting a bunch of minerals like vitamin A, vitamin C, calcium, magnesium, and iron. You can even take, uh, I'm not sure how much nutritional value there is in the flower, but 
take the flour, put it in some batter and cook it like a fritter. And it's like eating a little fritter. So, um, I didn't get to do that this year because I missed, I kind of didn't harvest the dandelions fast enough on the top to, to get in there. You obviously have to do that when they're fresh and you have big, juicy, um, flowers, but they even make a wine with the dandelion flowers. They make like a dandelion wine. Um, but what I did was I decided that I was going to make, um, some dandelion tea and I was going to make it from the roots. Now I really like, if you've ever bought it at the store, roasted dandelion root, I know that a lot of people will drink it sort of as a coffee substitute because it has that kind of rich roasted flavor that coffee can take on. But, you know, if you if you like that kind of earthy roasted taste, you know, dandelion's really good. And this spring or, you know, not too long ago, my front yard just gets taken over because I don't really weed it in the winter or any time. And here in the Northwest, the plants are just crazy. So it's not like where I was in Montana and everything just totally dies in the winter, like totally dead. Here things die, but depending on the the severity of a winter we have, they kind of sort of die. And if we have a more rainy, warmer winter, they don't. So the weeds start really, really early. And of course I hate weeding, so I don't go out and do it. And then the next thing you know, my yard is like a dandelion and oh my gosh, I have so many weeds out there. They're just taking over everything. And then the strawberry boxes have just receded everywhere. So I have strawberries coming up everywhere and my lemon balm has receded and it's everywhere. And my mint is starting to try to get out of the box. And it's like a it's like an infestation of all these plants just permaculturing themselves, which is awesome. But to clean them up, you do have to do some hard work. And we don't use chemicals. We've never used chemicals. So we've been on our property 20 years and we've never used chemicals on any of our, um, on any of our soil or plants. And usually what people are using on weeds like a dandelion is uh, Roundup. Now, they used to say, and I remember this is like you spray Roundup on a plant and it would kill the plant and the and the Roundup would not go into the soil. I never believed that. I never felt like that was totally truthful. And I think it's impossible for us to totally know, but we do know that there is a huge increase in glyphosate exposure. And glyphosate is basically the main chemical constituent of Roundup. Glyphosate is now being indicated in you know, the rise in autism and many other conditions that we were blaming on other things. And now we see that the use of Roundup Ready Seeds and Roundup and then even people in their yards using these weed killers um, has has sort of infiltrated the plants and um, and then we're eating it. So it is kind of pervasive right now in the food supply chain. And if you want to do more research on glyphosate, you should. Um, it may scare you a little bit, but it might also help you to change some of your dietary patterns and the foods that you're choosing to eat. Um, but what I did was I said, okay, I have this huge patch in my front yard that's full of dandelions. And these dandelions, like, they're just on steroids. So I know it's like a full day of work for me to do this. But what I wanted to do um, this year was make that roasted, uh, get the roots and make a tea out of the roots. So what I did was I spent basically half a day in the baking sun 
with a pitchfork and some gloves on getting this entire area cleaned up of dandelions and normally when you pull on a dandelion you'll lose it because the roots are really strong and they go really deep they can be really long and they they also what's interesting dandelion roots are sort of like bodies and so they branch out they've got like arms and legs and this makes this makes it so that they can hold on and you can't just pull them out so you know when people my ryan always say to me you need a weed you have to go dig them out like you can't just pull on it they're going to come back and I think that's why dandelions are so pervasive is because you just can never fully get the root. And so they just come back like crazy. Well, I got in there and I dug out this entire section and I got the roots. And some of these roots were like, you know, 18 inches long. It's crazy. Um, and so I did this entire section. I I harvested all of them. and uh, And then when I was done with that... I cut the tops off. So the leaves of the dandelion are really the part that, that's best for the kidney. They're the diuretic. They help with water retention. They help cleanse the, ki- the kidney. They have lots of nutrients in them because they're leaves. But by the time I harvested these dandelions, the leaves were really big and they were really bitter. And so they're not really the leaves that I would want to use in like salads or stir fries. They're a little bit too bitter. So if you're going to harvest dandelion leaves, you'd want to do that earlier on in the season, really before the flowers even start to bud. Um, I did see dandelion greens at Fred Meyer the other day, which is kind of a you know, big grocery store around here. So, I mean, if you're growing dandelion greens, but they look, they're, I think the dandelions, they're growing purposely for food. They're a different species different um, breed than the ones that are growing in my yard because the leaves look different so I need to do a little more research on that but um, I cut all the tops off and I took the roots and um, composted the leaves and then I had a big bucket and I put all the roots in the bucket and me and my two-year-old Tana we cleaned all these roots and it was really fun we had a fun time doing it it was really nice out and warm and so we were getting wet and dirty and they're pretty dirty so you kind of need to scrub them when you clean them I soak them for about 20 to 30 minutes first I let them soak in the water and then we just scrub them and clean them and rinse them and after you get them fairly clean you know I'm not afraid of a little bit of dirt some people would say you need to peel the dandelions but when you see these dandelions and all the appendages they have and roots you're like I'm not gonna peel these that would just be tedious so what I do is clean them as good as I can and then we have a drying rack um, that we use in our greenhouse and I just spread all these roots out on this drying rack and I put it in the greenhouse uh, for about five days now the reason I was able to do that was because it was really warm that week which is again another rare thing here in the northwest in May So it was really warm, and they were able to naturally dehydrate um, in the greenhouse. Normally, if it was in normal May where it's colder and rainier, um, I would have taken those. I probably would have dried them out overnight in the greenhouse, um, and then I would have cut them up and dehydrated them. And um, I haven't dehydrated the roots before, so I'm not quite sure how long it would take. But my guess is because they're thick and they're roots and they're pretty watery, it would take a couple days to get a good hard root um, out of it. But if you have a warm area that you can just let them dry, that's the best way to do it because it just naturally kind of sun bakes them and they get really crisp. What you want is you want a root that you can go break like a snap it like a branch 
and it, it doesn't have any more water in it. So after about five days, I took all these roots and I snapped them all into little pieces and I put them on a pizza pan. Uh, I have this pizza pan that has holes on the bottom and it lets the air circulate. Like if you're making pizza, it lets the air circulate. And I really like that pan because when you're roasting things like herbs, you can put it in the oven and it goes through and it circulates over and it actually makes it faster and it makes it so that you don't burn the bottom as well. So I put it on there and then I heat, I preheat the oven to 265 and you can play with that temperature. You know, if you have more time, you could put it at 200 and let them slowly roast. Um, I only had about an hour, uh, about an hour before work. So I needed to get them roasted and, and stuff. So I, it was an hour at 265 in the oven and you know when they're roasting because your whole house will start smelling like cookies. It's like the best smell ever. My daughter's like, what are you making? Like brownies? No, it's dandelion root. So um, you roast it and it gives it that. It just brings that flavor in. It seals in the nutrients and um, gives it that roasted flavor. And then uh, once it's done, you take it out and you let them cool off a little bit. And they cool off pretty fast, but let them cool off. And then what I do is I have a power bullet. Now, um... I also have a food processor. I guess you could do it in the food processor as well or the power bullet, but you need to use the attachment that's like the grinder, like on the power bullet we have one that's got a coffee grinder attachment. Use that or use your food processor with the with the heavy-duty blade. Um, I haven't tried it in my Vitamix um, because I don't want to break my Vitamix and a normal blender will not work. Um, the blade has to be pretty strong because it's a pretty tough root and we are going to grind it into a powder. So, I mean, the power bullets are amazing. You can get one off our website if you want to get it through Amazon and support us. You can go through there. You can get actually your dehydrator and your power bullet and your Vitamix and <laughs> your food processor, anything on we have on there that we talk about. So, um, but put it on there and blend it. Man, it takes like 10 seconds and 20 seconds and you have this yummy cookie smelling like powder and yeah um, and that powder you just put it in uh we I put it in a mason jar so uh one pan of root so one pizza pan of root which was a whole this whole area in my yard turned into one pizza pan of root equals three quarters of a 16 ounce mason jar of powder and then what you do with the powder is that's what you use for the tea. <clears throat> and to make the tea, um, you the only thing that you'll really need if you don't have it is a coffee press. Um, I like the coffee press because, and that's how we like to make our coffee too, is like when you put the coffee in, you pour the boiling water over it, you can let it steep and sit in the water. Unlike a tea ball or like a tea bag, which I don't think it gets enough perfusion through the herb to really get it into the water. So I use a coffee press for it and I let it sit for about five minutes. You can let it sit for longer if you want. It'll be really strong if you do it that way, but it still has a very subtle taste. And so um, I've let it sit longer than that and that's fine. And then um, you press it down and you'll have this beautiful kind of reddish golden liquid. Now, you can drink it just like that. Um, it's very earthy that way, but it's got a bit of that roasted flavor to it. What I like to make is I like to make kind of like a quote-unquote bulletproof um, or ketogenic tea. 
And it's just like you would do if you were doing the coffee. Uh, let's see. So one coffee press, if it's like two cups, it's about 32 ounces. So you're going to get two 16 ounce cups of tea out of it. And to that, I would add like one tablespoon of butter, one tablespoon of organic coconut oil. And then I like to add a little bit of almond milk or a little bit of coconut milk. And then we add a couple drops of the stevia. We like just the, the liquid stevia with maybe some vanilla or something in it. And then you put that in your Power Bullet or your Vitamix and you blend it up. And then you have this frothy um, tea that's kind of like drinking coffee. And the first time I made it, I was like, holy cow, this is so yummy. And now I'm totally addicted to it. Uh, and it's it's not easy to make because it takes time. The hardest part is digging up these roots. <laughs> it's a lot of work. But it's so rewarding for me. I guess it's kind of like for Ryan, you know, going elk hunting or going deer hunting. And, you know, the time you put in to track an animal and to be out there and the hard work that you put in. And then, you know, it may be two days, it may be five days, it may be 10 days. But if you do get blessed and rewarded with an animal, you know, that feeling of accomplishment that you worked hard and now you have this. And then the process of coming home and processing the meat, um, you know, these are all things that I guess in harvesting any type of food where you're you're literally going from, you know, the the ground or, you know, field to, to fork, it, it's pretty rewarding. And so making this dandelion tea really made me understand more. And every year I'm just reminded that, you know, we, our mother nature provides so many things that we take for granted. And she there's food all around you if you look. And unfortunately, we do a lot of poisoning of our food and a lot of these wild plants that are really traditional medicines that have been used for <laughs> centuries, if not millenniums, uh, to heal. And so it is a lot of work. Digging up those things is a lot of work, but it's so rewarding now because I have that jar of dandelion root from my yard and I'll have that all summer. Um, and so all of this including I've added a new section on the website. I probably mentioned it before, but I've, I've added a healing foods section on huntharvesthealth.com. And I'm trying to add foods that um, I feel are healing foods as well as foods that I'm using in recipes on the website. So um, I recently just added aloe vera. Um, that's where you can get your sprouting guide. If you go there, you get that free sprouting guide that I did on the last Food Friday to help you grow your own sprouts, which we've been doing religiously every week now. And um, and I totally love. Um, and so on there, you'll see more about nettle, the, the healing properties of nettle, and you'll see more about the dandelion. And then under recipes, look in our recipes and you can see the wild foods that we've added. You know, dandelion root can also be um, chopped up and put in, like I did the sweet potatoes, with the nettle and the dandelion. So you can use the dandelion root fresh. You can eat it. And I have that recipe on the website as well. So you can go to huntharvesthealth.com slash recipes slash dandelion tea to get my dandelion tea recipe I just talked about. And you're going to see all the pictures. I took pictures for all of it from the batch of dandelions that I was like, oh my gosh, here I go, to what it looked like in the end. And then the whole process um, to, to uh, making the tea and pouring it in my cup and enjoying it. So um, yeah, wild foods, wild foods are important. And if you know, if you are willing to do a little bit of kind of hunting around and 
looking around at what you have and thinking about food is not just these cultivated agricultural foods that we're used to growing and even having in the garden, but you know, food that's growing out of your local environment and and why it's there and how it can benefit you and heal you. Now, there's also a disclaimer here. If you've been spraying your yard and been spraying your dandelions and all this, don't don't eat those dandelions. (laughs) I wouldn't do it, like for the reason I talked about earlier with pesticides and glyphosate and etc., the other thing is is that you always want to make sure that you research any plants you're going to eat. Everybody and anybody could always have an allergy to something. So let's say nettle, for example. Um, you know, try a little bit. Don't drink a whole, you know, put a little bit in your mouth and see how you respond and then go for it. But the chance that you're going to be allergic to nettle is very small. The chance that you're going to be allergic to dandelion is very small. There's even better herbs like milk thistle, which is a thistle. It's a crazy weed and it is like the best liver cleanser ever. And I've never known anybody that is allergic to milk thistle. So these wild foods actually, they're very healthy for you and they have very low incidence of allergy. Now, if you're collecting mushrooms and you're doing some of these foods, yeah, I mean, like, you need to know how to handle them. You need to know how to cook them. Some of them aren't well. I did put a morels on the healing foods. Morels need to be fully cooked or you're going to get sick. So there are some foods that you need to be aware of. And if you don't know, look it up. Do some research and make sure you know. The other disclaimer here is, is that dandelion is a liver cleanser. So what it's meant to do is help you release toxins and clean your liver up, which means you may have a lot of GI stuff going on if you drink too much of this. So I like to maybe have a cup in the morning and maybe one at night, but uh, I realized I was drinking too much when my body was like, yo, getting rid of stuff and eliminating. So that is important. And if you need that, you can use dandelion to help you eliminate because it's going to be a liver cleanser, but don't overdo it, you know? And remember, if you do it and you overdo it, then you're going to think something's wrong with it and you're not going to want to do it. So start slow. Start with one cup a day and see how your liver responds and go from there. Um, Some of these are pretty potent herbs and you don't want to overdo them because they will make your liver and your body turn on. So think about those things. Otherwise, um, wild foods are a really uh, stable part of our diet and hopefully they'll become one of yours or you'll just you'll just see these plants differently. Um, you can find this podcast at huntharvesthealth.com slash uh, recipes slash dandelion tea as well as the show notes page huntharvesthealth.com slash podcast slash wild foods. And I hope everybody has a great weekend and we'll be back next week with some new guests. All right. Take care. Hey folks, thanks for listening to the Hunt Harvest Health podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Visit our website at huntharvesthealth.com for more podcast stories and recipes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hunt Harvest Health. You can also message me at stahealthyhunter, that's S-T-H, and I will be more than happy to answer any questions you might have. Also tag your photos, Hunt Harvest Health, or Get Stealthy, as we enjoy seeing what you guys are doing as well.